Matthew chapter 8 and verse 28 says, And when he was come to the other side of the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them and heard of many swine feeding. And so the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. Now if you're reading in a paper Bible or maybe on your phone, you will see two letters in red. Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine, and behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And they that kept them fled and went their ways into the city and told everything. And what was, and what was befallen of the possessed of the devils? And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coast. Jesus said one word. And a legion of devils had to flee. I want to talk to you tonight about one word from the master. Mm. Why don't we throw our hands in the air and ask the Lord to talk to us tonight. Father, I ask you tonight that you will open our ears to hear open our minds to understand, open our spirits to receive, and loose, O oh God, your word that it would be spoken tonight. Let us have a rhema word of God, a living word tonight. Speak to our hearts. I pray, God, that the delivering power of your word would be loosed in this place, that the healing power of your word would be loosed in this place. God, that the peace-giving power of your word would be released in this place. Lord, speak through us and, and to us tonight, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus name everybody said amen and if you were standing you can remedy that scripture says this at the very beginning of your Bible in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit moved upon the face of the waters nothing was created Nothing that we know of was going on until God said. And when God said, let there be light, in such unassuming terms, Moses pins, there was light. God said, let there be light. And there was light. What we got to understand from the very beginning is that when God speaks, Something happens. When the word of God is spoken, when the word comes forth, things happen. Through faith, Hebrews 11 and 3, Brother Pat, you skipped over this verse, but through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The psalmist said it this way in chapter 33 and verse 6. He said, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of His mouth. Verse number 9 says, For He spake, and it was done. 
Will you lift your hands right now and just ask God to speak into your life? God, let your word have free course in my life. Because from the very beginning, when you speak, it is done. God, right now, give us a spirit of surrender to your word. Let our hearts and our minds be surrendered to your word tonight so that you can speak to us and it can be done. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. And so for five more days he spoke to his creation and it had to obey. When God speaks into a situation, no matter how dark, something is going to happen. Somebody say amen. So I want to talk to you tonight about the power of a word. We need to read the word. Elbow somebody and tell them, well, you need to read the word. Paul told Timothy, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. He would tell him in the next letter, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, just, just tell him again, you need to read. Uh, how many of you will, will be transparent tonight and say sometimes I have trouble reading whether it's because maybe you, you really do struggle with the act of reading or maybe you struggle with concentrating on things and, and, and your mind wants anybody, anybody ever have problems? I'll tell you I listen to a lot of audio books Brother Pat, I listen to the Bible on audio um, one of the most powerful evangelists that's ever preached in this pulpit I'm not going to tell you his name, he might have told you this anyway he can barely read but he listens to the word all the time. The word of God is playing in his house in the background all the time. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, if he's going to preach uh, from a certain scripture, he listens to that scripture over and over and over again so that uh, whenever he gets up, he can read it. But uh, I found a scripture for us that like to listen sometimes. Revelation chapter 1 verse number 3 says, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear. The words of this prophecy. Man, that makes me feel good, Brother Pat. Because he said, blessed are you if you read it, and blessed are you if you hear it. Just something about the word of God being released into my life causes a blessing to happen. If I read it, or if I hear it, he says, I'm blessed by the word. Hey man, I, I, I want to live a blessed life. Anybody else want to be blessed? If you get the word, there's just something that happens in the atmosphere of our lives when we begin to read that word. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. Except I know that the word of God is living. It's quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. When you begin to read and you begin to listen to the word, something alive comes to the inside of you and it it, it changes things because God can't speak without something happen. You can't read the word without something happening to you. I, I remember when I was a new convert and, and uh, I, was, I was dating this lovely lady over here. Give her a hand. She's beautiful. I was... And... Uh, I think I had worked day shift and she had worked night shift. We worked the same place. We ran the magic mart. I'm telling you... That's not entirely true, but uh, 
I did talk to a manager one day. She was telling me to do something, and, and, uh, and, and she gave me some instructions. And, and uh, I said, well, you know, I think it would be better if I did it this way. And she said, you've been talking to Angie too much. Well, uh, I have been talking to her a fair amount. But, uh, I think Angie had worked night shift, and I, I had worked day shift, and I, you know, we were going to go out on a date to someplace romantic like McDonald's. <laughs> but, but it had been one of those days where, you ever have just one of those days where, man, I, I wanted to pray and I wanted to read, but I had to do this and I had to do this, and I probably, I don't know if I woke up late, I don't know what happened, but, but I hadn't gotten into the Word of God. And I remember meeting her down there and, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, all geared up to go to the McDonald's. But I felt so heavy. I just felt, I, I, I don't think I've ever been depressed in my life, but I, I think I, I, I just, oh my goodness, I, I just couldn't function. And, and, uh, and, and bless, bless her heart, she still does this today. Sometimes she'll tell me, you need to go pray. <clears throat> But, but that night, she said, let's just not go to McDonald's. You need to go home, and, and you need to pray. You need to read the Word. And so I said, okay. So, so I guess she went on to Craig Holler, and I started up Sewell Mountain. I just felt so heavy, Brother Pat. And I pulled over. I, I got about two miles up the hill, and I pulled over in a wide spot, and I got out the Word of God. And, and turn the dome light on, and I begin to read. That, that was back, kids, that was back when it, there was no smartphone to read your Bible on. You actually had to have paper and light. Hard to conceive of, I know, I know, but, but, but it, really, it really did, it, there was a time. And so I pulled over there, and I, I got into the book of Psalms, and I, and, I was, and I was reading, and I was reading, and I was reading, and, and I came across this, this psalm. It said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for he is the health of our countenance and our God. And it says that. You can go find it, and you, you can look it up in your concordance, whatever. You can search for it. But it says that, that, phrase, that phrasing about three times in a row in two different psalms. And, I, and after I read over that, I said, oh my goodness, why am I cast down? Why do I feel this way? I, I've got a God that I have hope in. And He's the health of my countenance. He's, he's my God. And Brother Pat, just by reading the Word, it transformed my whole atmosphere. The Word is powerful. The Word can change your life. The Word can change how you feel. The Word, it has power. So we need to read the Word or at least to hear the Word of God. Somebody say amen. We need to hear the Word and we also need to hear the preaching and the teaching of the Word. For preaching of the cross, Paul said, is to them that perish, it is foolishness. It's foolish to folks that are not in the church. For us who are in the church, that we come, we listen to some... I won't say anything disparaging about the current preacher, but to some guy up here proclaiming the word and, and it, it just seems like foolishness. And, it, and Paul says that, that it is foolishness to those that perish. But unto us, somebody say unto us, unto us. it is the power of God. 
It is powerful to, to be in the presence of the preaching of the Word of God. For he said, after the wisdom of God, by uh, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God that by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Preaching has salvation power. Preaching has power that can be released into our lives. So I am a huge proponent of not only listening to the Word of God uh, on audio, but I'm a huge proponent of get on YouTube and begin to listen to some good preaching. If you got a pen and a paper, I would encourage you to jot down some names of some wonderful preachers. I encourage you to listen to a man named Wayne Huntley. He is powerful and solid. Such a great preacher. I encourage you uh, to listen to Jerry Jones. That's easy to remember. That's about the most generic name. That's almost as... Yeah, there you go. Just almost as generic as John Smith. Brother Jerry Jones is a powerful, powerful preacher. Uh, uh, Scott Graham, jot that down. Listen to Scott Graham. Powerful preachers. Uh, because preaching has power. Somebody say amen. amen. But teaching also has power. I was in a church somewhere in North America. And well, let me read you a couple of scriptures here. Romans 1 and verse 13, Paul says, Now I would not have you ignorant. Thank you. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1, he says, I would not have you ignorant. Peter writes in 2 Peter 3, 8, and he says, Beloved, be not ignorant. Now have fun. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't be ignorant. Now you've got to say it, ignorant. It's, it's two syllables. Don't be ignorant. That's not, a, that's, not a, uh, that's not like calling somebody dumb or stupid. Ignorant just means unlearned, naive, without knowledge. And both of these apostles, in fact, in at least eight places, New Testament writers told us not to be ignorant. The only way to cure ignorance is by education or experience. And usually experience hurts. I would rather learn. I, I used to have this seventh, fifth, sixth, and seventh grade social studies teacher, and she said, "If you can't learn, you're gonna have to feel." <laughs> I would rather learn than have to go through situations that cause me to learn. There's a lot of things that, if we'll get into the Word of God and obey it, Brother Matt and I, I think we were talking about it the other day. Uh, we're talking about some crazy situation that was going on. And uh, I said, life is complicated. He said, well, it doesn't have to be. I said, that's right. Life, people make life complicated. But if we'll follow the simple rules in the Word, it's not near as complicated. I was in a church somewhere in North America. And the preacher said... We need teaching. Now listen to this, Brother Josh. The preacher said, Teaching is boring. I know. And he was talking about it like, uh, you know, chewing up aspirin or something. Y'all laugh because you've done it. Y'all chewed up an aspirin? I mean, he was talking about 
He was talking about the word of God. Teaching. It's like we got it. We got it. We got to take it. But, but it's boring. The only time that teaching the word of God is boring is when it's bad teaching. Jesus. This is a fun little search on your Bible app. Look up the word taught in the New Testament and you'll find 30 plus times that it says Jesus taught. The, the person that says, I don't like teaching, would not have gotten along with Jesus' ministry very well. Because you'll find very few times that Jesus preached. He did preach a little bit. He would tell them, repent. That was preaching. Because preaching is a proclamation, do this. But most of the time, Jesus taught. If you think that teaching is, is boring, it's either boring teaching, a teach, it's bad teaching, or Jesus taught and said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed. That whole Sermon on the Mount, it says Jesus taught those things. We need the teaching of the Word because teaching takes the Word of God. It gets down to the issues of life. It gets down to where we live. We need to be disciples of the Lord. How many want to be a disciple? That's not a trick question, but a disciple means a taught one. You cannot become a disciple only through declarative preaching alone. We've got to learn of the Word. He said, take my yoke upon me and learn of me. We've got to have the teaching of the Word of God. So I would encourage you, I'll give you a couple names of teachers that you can listen to online. Brother David Bernard is an excellent teacher. He's so solid. Brother Raymond Woodward also is an excellent teacher. Very solid teaching. I would encourage you to listen to both of those men uh, because they will equip you with the Word of the Lord. All right, so somebody, just elbow them, tell them, don't be ignorant. You don't have no excuse. So we need the preaching, we need the, the teaching, we need to read the Word, we need to hear the Word, we need to put the Word in our lives. Most importantly, we need to obey the Word. See, because when God speaks, things happen. When God speaks to creation, it has to obey because the Word is powerful. When Jesus spoke to those devils, they had to obey. Because the Word is powerful. I'm convinced that the reason the Bible says that it is impossible for God to lie, I'm convinced the reason it's impossible for God to lie is because as soon as He says it, it is. So when God speaks to creation, it has to obey. He speaks to the devils, they have to obey. When God speaks to us, the glorious, beneficial power of the Word can only work in our lives if we obey and apply it to our lives. Creation doesn't have a right, it doesn't have the ability to choose. The devils don't have the ability nor the right to choose. But God gave us the right and the ability to choose, to obey or not to obey. But the power, brother uh, Bibby, the power that is in the Word is released in us when we obey the Word. 
Concerning salvation, Peter... I feel the Holy Ghost right now. We need to get a hold of this. Concerning salvation, Peter said this, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Blood was shed. Stripes were taken. Crowns were placed. Crucifixion happened. Resurrection happened. But he said, you have purified your soul in obeying the truth. All of it was made accessible. All the power was available. But it's not applied to our lives. And we're an apostolic church. We believe this. The power is not applied to our lives until we obey and repent. Until we obey and are baptized. And when we obey and repent and are baptized, when we worship Him, He is going to fill us with the power of the Holy Ghost. It happens when we obey the Word. This Word that we talked about that was so powerful, it created the heavens and the earth. He spoke a Word and demons were cast out. That power is available to us when we obey the Word. It's of no value if we just know it. It's only valued when we obey it. Psalms 119, verse number 128. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. I hate every false way. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, doth my soul keep them. We've got to love the Word and obey the Word in every situation, in every precept and concept of life. Somebody say amen. I want to share a concept with you out of the Word and about the Word that if you don't get anything else tonight, I want you to understand this. Leviticus chapter 26, and this is just one instance I could come to you with a, with a lot of different ones. But Leviticus chapter 26, Moses is talking to the children of Israel. And I'm telling you what, this is some dry sermon. Now just laugh a little bit. Moses knows I'm joking. This is a dry Bible study, brother, brother Dennis. He says, You shall not make, or you shall make you no idols nor graven image, neither rear up a standing image, neither shall you set up any image of stone in your land to bow down before it, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. Lord, forgive me for reading this in such a bland way. Reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season. And the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield her fruit. Your threshing shall reach the vintage, and the vintage shall reach the sowing time. You'll eat bread to the full. You'll dwell in your land safely. I'll give you peace. You'll lie down. None shall make you afraid. I'll rid evil beasts out of the land. No sword will go through the land. You'll chase your enemies, and they'll fall before you. Fives will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. Your enemies shall fall before you. That sounds like good stuff. Okay? Now, I want to I move down just, to, just to a few verses. Verse 14 in chapter 26, he says... But if you will not hearken unto me, and will not do all these, th- all these commandments. Now, commandment. What, what did you just say, God? You said, don't, don't commit adultery. Don't be putting up any idols. Honor the, you know, reverence my sanctuary. And, and uh, uh, keep my Sabbath, that stuff. He says, if you despise those statutes, and abhor my judgments, and don't do all my commandments, and you break my covenant, this also will I do unto you. Now, I'm not going to read all the bad stuff because it'd be real depressing. I'm just going to read this one verse, okay? I will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror and consumption, and the burning og. 
Now, I don't want no burning og. And that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. I want to read that verse to you. I'll just give it to you in the NIV. He says that I will cause you to have sudden terror, wasting diseases, and fever that will destroy your sight and sap your strength. You will plant seed in vain because your enemies will eat it. What in the world does the Sabbath and the sanctuary and, and, and setting up stones and worshiping them, what does that have to do? Here's, here's what I want you to get tonight if you don't get anything else. Sometimes the solution to your problem seems to have nothing to do with your problem. Sometimes the solution to your problem has nothing to do with your problem. Moses is preaching about keeping the Sabbath, graven images, and reverence in the sanctuary. Moses, you don't understand. I've got a fever and I'm losing my eyesight. I don't need to hear about idols. That's not the sermon that I need today, Moses. Don't raise your hand. But have you ever been in a church service and you thought, that ain't for me today. Keep your hands down. Have you ever, oh, this one's dangerous. Don't put your hands up on this one either. Have you ever been in a church service and you thought, man, the preacher missed it today? All the preachers ought to raise their hands. <laughs> the preacher missed it today. Moses, I came here because I got eye problems. I came here because because uh, I, I got enemies. Moses, I came here because I need rain. I, I, I don't need a sermon on false gods today, Moses. I need victory on my, over my enemy. I don't need a Bible study on separation today, Moses. I need healing. I don't need a lesson on forgiveness, Moses. No, actually, if you'll get this area of your life in alignment with the Word of God, the Word of God has power to fix the other areas of your life. Because he said... You got, you got idol problems, you got Sabbath problems, you got sanctuary problems, and it's showing up in your field, it's showing up in your eyeballs, it's showing up someplace else that you think is unrelated. But what we've got to understand is that the Word of God is knit together from Genesis chapter 1 until Revelation chapter 21. It's all connected. And when we obey the Word in this area, it can have an effect in our life over here in this area. I, I don't need a sermon on, on, on X. I need a sermon on Z. And you're not giving me what I need. Moses is saying, no, the Word will fix it. I, you gotta, you got to get what I'm saying here tonight. That is, we come sometimes and we need a message for this. I need direction for this. And God is saying, no, if you'll get this fixed, I'll take care of this over there. And maybe some of you all are like that tonight. I didn't need a message on the Word. I didn't need a message on obedience. 
I, 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 didn't need, I, I didn't need a message. I didn't need to hear that today. I needed a word of encouragement. I got one for you. This is a word of encouragement. It's amazing what this powerful book will fix when we don't even expect it. Jesus is standing on the shore. He says, Simon, launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a draught. Simon's a professional fisherman. Simon knows Jesus is a carpenter. You don't need fishing advice from a carpenter. Brother Shane, can I get an amen back there? You ain't going to Brother Tommy for fishing advice, are you? You might. Brother Tommy, <laughs> Brother Tommy back there said he should. <laughs> He's going to steer you away from every good hole. He ain't going to do it. He ain't going to help you. Simon answers and says, Master, we have toiled all night. I've fished all night, Jesus. I'm professional. I can handle this. I know what I'm doing. That, that might have been what Simon was thinking in the back of his head. But he had enough brains in there somewhere. Even, you know, this is one of the few places in the whole New Testament where Simon says something and it's right. Prior to Acts chapter 2. This is one of the few places... That Simon Peter says something, and it's right. But he says, Master, we've toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. We need to obey the word even when it doesn't make sense to obey the word. Because the word is always, 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 always right I don't know if the fish were camped out there beside Simon's boat I don't know but I, I know Simon had been trying to now this guy had been fishing all night do you think he hadn't fished off both sides of the boat Brother Shane if you're fishing all night long then you cast off both sides if you had a net wouldn't you have been throwing the net off of both sides because in another place, Jesus said, cast it over on the right side. I cast it out in front, I cast it out behind, I cast it out everywhere. I, the fish weren't there. But when he obeyed the word, I don't know if the fish miraculously manifested. I don't know if it made the fish swim right there. I don't know. But I do know that when the word met obedience... A miracle happened. We need to speak the word. We need to obey the word. We need to pray the word. The word has delivering power. The word has directing power. It has encouraging power. It has healing power. i got to hasten to an end here. But the Bible says he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destructions. The centurion comes to Jesus and uh, he says, my, my daughter, my servant's at home and he's, he's sick. He's going to die. Jesus says, I will come heal him. But the centurion, who had great faith, Brother Pat, he said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only. Yeah. 
and my servant shall be healed. There's power in one word from the master. How many can say today, and I will let you raise your hand tonight, or this time. How many can say, God gave you a word in your past and it unlocked a situation in your life? One single word. One single word. Let's stand to our feet. I don't know. Tonight, if you came here and you needed healing or encouragement. I don't know if you came here and you needed direction. You may be perplexed about a situation that seems like it's a thousand miles from this message tonight. Every answer, God can speak a word. Every problem, God can speak a word. Every situation, God can speak a word. Ecclesiastes says, where the word of the king is, there is power. The word, the same word that spoke the worlds into existence, still has power. Quoted it earlier, the word of God is quick and powerful. That means it's alive. It's alive and powerful. And then Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall, shall never pass away. That, that lets me know, Brother Matt, not only is it powerful and it's alive and it'll never die. This word is alive right now and it will apply to your life today. He still has the power to speak to your storm and say, peace be still. He still has that power. He said this, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Let me, let me just give you, uh, in other words, <clears throat> he says, it will succeed in the matter for which I sent it. My word cannot fail. It's alive. It's never passing away. And it cannot fail. And it's good for your life. It's good for my life. It's good for your situation and my situation. It's ingesting. It's obeying. It's hearing the word of God. And where the word of the king is, there is power. Why don't you just close your eyes right now. I don't know if you'll feel like coming to an altar or not. But I want you to understand tonight that the word released and the word obeyed in your situation causes miraculous things to happen. The Word of God, it is so powerful. Father, tonight, Father, tonight, let that same power that, that You spoke the world into existence with, let that same power that You spoke to a legion of devils and told them to go, let that same power that You spoke, peace be still, let that same power that You spoke and, and a centurion's servant was healed, let that same power be manifested in minds and hearts and spirits and bodies and lives tonight. Lord, we come to You tonight in need of You. God, I can't do this on my own. God, I can't live this life on my own. God, I can't figure it all out on my own. I'm not that smart. I can't do it on my own. I'm not that strong. I need your word. 
I need the power. I need the delivering power. I need the, the peace speaking power. I need the comforting power of your word in my life. Oh God, I need your word. In the name of the Lord Jesus, wherever you are, I, I want you to begin to search your heart. Lord, if I, uh, is there anything that I know in your word that I need to, uh, I need to align up with? There, there's some things that uh, maybe the preacher didn't preach about tonight, but there's some things I know that I need to get right. And, and God, I just believe if, if I'll be obedient in these, situ- in, these, in these facets of my life that you can fix things in the other side of my life.